Welcome back to the Max Out Show, where I'm on a mission to help you unleash your full potential. Today's guest is none other than Jarek Robbins, the best-selling author of Live It. Jarek is a peak performance coach that has helped millions of people around the world with his learn it, live it, give it philosophy and all the insights into what it takes to live a happy, healthy, and successful life. So Jarek, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to be here. Super excited to have you. Love that energy. So I want to start with a topic that's sort of morbid, but I know that both of us love it, which is death and the experience of, you know, thinking we're going to die, maybe even die, right? So about a month ago, I was in Brazil and I had this really intense sickness, right? I was ill for about a week or two, right? And it made me reflect a lot on life and made me, you know, make some big changes in my life. And I know that you had a very similar experience in your life in Uganda that really changed the direction of your life. So can you share with us a little bit about that moment and how, you know, this just remembering death helped you actually live a better life? Sure. Um, so I, I have a good friend. It was really interesting. She went for a hike in Nepal one time and she was on this trek. And on the way back at the end of the trek, um, you know, she, she just started to cry. And the, the gentleman, the Sherpa, the gentleman who was carrying her bag looked over and he said, why do you cry? And she's like, because I'm sad. I'm going to miss this. And, and I'm going to miss you. And I'm going to miss this view. And I'm going to miss this moment. And I'm going to miss how beautiful this place is and how majestic and wonderful. And the guy started laughing. And, and she goes, why are you laughing? And he says, because you don't realize that life is like the mist. You know, the mist, when you walk into the mist, it soaks into your skin and becomes part of the fabric of who you are and is therefore always part of who you are moving forward. Wow. And she stopped and was like, whoa. <laughs> and he said, if you ever want to relive this moment, you simply close your eyes and you can experience it at any time. And he's like, to think that even when we die, people are sad. Why are they sad? We are part of who they are forever. And so I think most people have a very interesting experience with death because most people, when they think of death, they think of an end. And, you know, to realize that it never really ends, it just transitions. Now, you know, there's two times when a person dies. First is their physical death. And the second time is the last time anyone ever speaks their name again. And so you can actually create a legacy, not an egoic legacy, not a people will remember me because of who I was kind of stuff, but a heartfelt legacy. People remember you because who you were. Now, you might not have heard the difference between those two phrases because the words were the same, but the intention behind them are radically different. One, you're trying to force people to remember you because you're pushing something or forcing something into the world. The other is you just care so deeply about those around you and you do your best to give them everything you possibly can at every moment. And therefore you become part of the fabric of who they are and they will always remember you because you were the person who helped them when they needed you most. You know, that's something where we rework the mission statement of who we are and what we do. And it's really simple. It used to be, reach millions of people, may touch millions of lives, make a big difference, lasting impact, big results. And we sat down and we said, you know what? The purpose of what we do is to reach the people who need us most at the moment they need it with the message they need. Now I say, I don't know who you are, where you are, what you're going through, but every day we push out good thoughts and content and hopes to find you at the very, very moment you need it. And what 
blessing we receive every day is we get little notes from around the world as simple as, hey, I really needed this, thanks. And as heartfelt or impactful as someone sending us a message saying, hey, you know what? I was in the military, I got deployed, I came home, I had horrible PTSD. Uh, for the last week, I've had my pistol or firearm in my mouth wanting to pull the trigger and end my life. And someone gave me a copy of your book, I read it, and it reminded me of my reason why I want to keep on living. And I just wanted to write you a letter and say thank you for that. Wow. And it's like, wow. If that's all I ever did was, was create something that found its way into the world and through all the twists and turns landed in that person's hand at the moment they needed to see it or read it or feel it or think about it. And it landed and they got it. And it just helped them keep on going. That was worth everything. And so to simplify things down to what really matters, circling all the way back to your question, which is, you know, what happens when we're near the end of our life? Well, what happens is we look back and we say, did we live a life that was worth living? It was the way we lived our life, not what we accomplished, but the way that we lived our life every day, was it worth it? Did we live the kind of life that we look back and we're extremely proud to have lived? And so I sat down in that time and there's a handful of things I did. Some of them are scientifically, you know, empirically proven. Some of them are pseudoscience, but they just made me feel better. Uh, there's a handful of things I did to get better health-wise. But while I was getting better health-wise, I sat down and answered the question, you know, if I only had six days left to live, because that's what the doctor said. He said, if you don't take this medicine, you got about six days left until your body will not be able to sustain itself from the malaria. And I remember being like, huh. And I said, well, if I only had those six days, how would I go about living each one of those days so that I know, you know, a friend of mine wrote a book. He had a near-death experience. He said, at the end of our life, uh, there's three questions. Did I really live? Did I really love? Did I really matter? And I said, how would I go about my life to know I lived fully? When life gave me the opportunity, I grabbed life by the horns and I lived fully. I loved deeply. You know, I, I cared about the people around me. I gave them my heart and soul and I, I, I cherished those moments and I gave everything. Or did I hold back? Was I afraid? Was I scared to really show my true colors? So I loved fully. I lived, you know, I lived deeply, loved fully. Um, and then I, I did something that mattered, that I get to the people who needed us at the moment they needed it most to make that difference for them in their life. And so there was a lot of contemplation around those six days, a lot of healing needed to be done, a lot of ailment and sickness and, and hurt. Uh, but then there was also a lot of goodness that came out of it, which was reconsidering how to go about this journey to be able to reach the people when they need you most and, and do something beautiful every day. Do something that'll last, do something that'll leave that legacy mark in someone's heart because they'll remember that you got to them when they needed you most. Yeah, I absolutely love that. So one of my mentors always talks about slowing down to speed up again afterwards, right? And it sounds like sure. that's what he did there. You had to, you know, take this moment and, and do this deep reflection, right? And it also sounds like it's, it's a total paradigm shift when it comes to how we usually define success, right? Because well, there's a shift there. So the goal was never to speed up, but the goal was to slow down. Hmm. And it's something that's needed in today's point in history. So many people are trying to go so fast and they're not realizing that a lot of the most beautiful moments of life are when you're going slow. And we live in cities, we drive cars, we get on the back of motorcycles, we get in airplanes and rocket ships. We're trying to go faster and faster and faster in our mind, in our emotions. 
I mean, I don't know about you, but if I was making love to my wife, I don't want it to end quickly. <laughs> you know, that's called premature. Like that, that's not what I'm aiming for. I don't want my life to end quickly. I don't want the good moments in my life to just go by in a flash. I want to soak them in. I want to experience them. I want to feel them. I, I want to know that I was present. I want to look back and go, wow, that was amazing. How can I do that again? Not, okay, let's go next. <laughs> and so I think so many people are so focused on going fast. They're not experiencing the beauty of what is. And so that, that's something my wife is pregnant with our first child. Wow, and I Garner. purposefully moved us to a slow paced culture, somewhere where people go slow. The community is slow paced. People take time to talk. You know, when we lived in Miami, I mean, we met our neighbors three or four times in the hallway and it was like, hey, nice to meet you. Yeah, we should connect sometime. Okay, see you later, bye, nice to see you. Oh, hi, nice to see you again, bye. Um, you know, we never really ever sat down, never talked, never had a conversation, just hi, bye all the time in the hallway. When we moved here, we had just moved in. We literally drove around our little block to drive out to go look at cars to buy. And as we were driving, I saw a neighbor walking in their yard and I was like, hey, I'm a new neighbor, nice to meet you. And he came over, turned it into a three and a half hour conversation. Wow. We were at their table hanging out. They got us a glass of water. I mean, we were literally just driving by and four <laughs> hours later, we were like, oh, see you guys later. Yeah. And I was like, yes, that's the way life should be lived. It feels good. You know, when I was living in that village in Uganda, same thing would happen. I'm like, oh, I'm going to walk down the street just to the end of the road to get a snack. And about halfway down the road, some guy was like, hey, you're new. And I was like, yeah, nice to meet you. Four and a half hours later, I was like, oh, yeah, I got to go to the store still. And we were just <laughs> hanging out and talking. And there's deep joy in that. The problem is most of us are so fixated on more, so fixated on better, so fixated on different. And the truth is most of us are running from the baggage inside that we don't want to have to face within ourselves. So stillness freaks us out. Quiet freaks us out. Right now with this virus thing going on around the world and people in lockdown in their home, for that moment is one of the scariest moments many of these people ever have to face because they have to deal with what's going on in their own head. They can't go to the bar to avoid it. They can't go on a date to avoid it. They, they, they can't go get alcohol and numb it. Like they got to face it. They got to think about what's in their own head. And someone told me there's this thing in yoga called a Vipassana. It's a silent retreat for seven days where you sit in silence. No music, no books, no reading, no nothing. You just sit there, silence. They said it's the hardest thing you'll ever do in your life because you have to experience all of who you are. And most people are afraid of that. Yeah. So how can people learn to to love the person that you are and be okay with with themselves and you know be willing and and even want to slow things down, especially you know if you're not living in such a slow paced culture. But if you're in Miami, if you're in New York, if you're one of those big cities where just you know everything grind fast and all that, how do people then slow down by themselves? Well, the good news is moments like this is making everyone slow down. Difference is some people are going to enjoy it. Some people are going to be miserable. That's a decision you have to make. You know, is this a blessing or a curse? Is this an opportunity or is this the end? Everyone's making these decisions at every moment of their life. Some people are looking at this right now and be like, wow, what an opportunity to slow down and really enjoy just a breath of air right now, just to enjoy 
to be able to look out the window and see how cool is that yeah. to be able to just close my eyes, sit in the window and listen to all the sounds going on around us. How beautiful, what, how magnificent that my body's working like that. Now people will respond easy for you. Yeah, right. You don't have the stress or worry. I do. You don't have four kids. Obviously you're not worried about your bills. All of those things are always available to worry about, to freak out about, to be scared about. You can always be freaked out over those things. You can also sit by the window and listen to a bird chirp and just realize how beautiful and magnificent it is. It depends on how well you've trained your nervous system. It depends on how well you've trained your mind. It depends on how well you've trained yourself to learn how to enjoy the present moment. Now I'll tell you where people freak out the most around three phrases. I am enough. I have enough. I'm loved enough. If someone doesn't feel like they are enough, they're always trying to present something more than just what they are to show you that I'm enough. Whether they dress it up, paint it, uh, you know, put fancy wrappings around it, whether they get a, a fancy expensive car to put it in to make it look better than it is, whether they put certain shoes on or certain clothes, whether they put makeup on or heel lifts or, or hair enhancements or whatever the hell people do nowadays. This is all saying, hey, I don't feel like I'm enough the way I am. So instead, I'm going to dress myself up, paint myself, and, and make myself look other than what I am so that people can hopefully perceive me as being enough. Instead of just walking in the room and saying, hey, it's me. You know, I have enough. My gosh. If you have a heartbeat, whether it's a pacemaker or a physical, a real deal heart, Either way, if it's beating and it's keeping your body functioning, my goodness, if you got a heartbeat and breath in your lungs, you have more than enough. I have a friend who was born with cystic fibrosis. She had a double lung transplant. They had to take her in. Her lungs stopped working. They had to take her into the hospital. They had to slice her straight down the middle, crack her open, and pull out the old lungs, put in a new pair of lungs, sew her up, and see what happens. Pray the next day that she makes it. She did. She survived. And all of a sudden, she's living life. She's out there doing great. Things are awesome. Meets a boy, falls in love. Everything's amazing. Things are going good. All of a sudden, they didn't know. And she told him, she goes, hey, I was born with this disease. At some point in my life, it might happen. And it did. One day, she had just a weird seizure. Rushed her to the hospital. All of a sudden, the new lung she had received stopped working. The hospital said, you know, I don't think there's anything we can do. I'm so sorry. You're just going to have to go home and go on hospice and slowly die. MPS, we called the other hospitals and told them there's nothing they can do either. So they shouldn't try to help, you know, save the bed for someone they can help. She went home and she just cried. She said, I didn't fight this many years to give up now. Her and her now husband wrote a hundred letters to a hundred hospitals pleading their case saying, Hey, will someone try to help us? Four hospitals wrote back and said, we're tr we'll try. One of them took her in and said, we can help. UCLA and California, they deserve a lot of credit for that. So she went there, hooked her up to a bunch of machines to keep her alive. Days, weeks, all of a sudden, she got a call at 2.30 in the morning. They said, hey, we got a match. You're up. Pulled her back into surgery, cut her straight down the middle again, cracked her open, pulled out the old lungs, put in the new lungs, sewed her up, waited the next day to see what would happen. Next day, she woke up. 
she had a giant tube down her throat. So she can't talk. They give her a little board she can write on that just tell people what she's thinking. And she was scribbling on the board and she turned it around. And as she turned it around, her husband said, I saw the biggest smile on my wife's face that I've ever seen. He said, I wish I could say the smile on her face on her wedding day was better, but I'd be lying. As wow. she turned it around, she had the biggest smile on her face and it said, I can breathe. <laughs> and what wow. she meant is, I can take a whole breath on my own willpower when I want to. And so coming back to having enough, if all you have is a heartbeat and a breath, you have more than enough to go do goodness in the world and to enjoy your life. So I am enough. I have enough. I'm loved enough. Most of us don't take time to fill ourselves up with the love that we want to experience or receive. You know, if I took an empty glass and I tried to pour into your glass and there's nothing there, you're not going to receive anything because my glass is empty. And so the question I have for people is how often do you flood into your own mind and body the love that you want to share with those that you care about? Most of the time I can get an answer that goes, huh? What? What do you mean? I said, well, you know, how often do you take your phone, put it in selfie mode, look yourself deeply in the eyes and tell yourself three things you honor about who you are as a human, three things you appreciate about who you are as a human, three things you admire, acknowledge, appreciate, love, honor, respect, adore, not egotistically, but deep, loving, caring, beautifully. How often do you fill up your own cup so that you're then able to take that full cup and show other people, pour in other humans, what you love about them? what you appreciate about them, what you honor about them. How often do you keep your own cup full and overflowing so you can naturally pour into all the people around you? Most people, it's not often enough. And if all you did was had those three realizations, I am enough, just the way you are. I have enough. As long as you have a heartbeat and a breath in your lungs, you have enough. And, I, and I'm loved enough. And you take that and you pour that into other people around you, all of a sudden, time disappears, you disappear, nothing else matters. And you're in a beautiful, beautiful place in your life. Wow, I absolutely love that. And the, the beautiful thing about it is it's available at any moment of the day, right? You don't have to wait a year from now, 10 years from now, when you finally achieve something. But all of these feelings, you create, create them today. And that is such a beautiful realization that, that I am enough, right? And, and just learning that and learning to love yourself, even with all your flaws, is so important. So you talk and what a lot happens about is when people get to that place, they don't need to go fast anymore. Yeah, yeah for sure. They have everything they need. They are enough. They have enough. They're loved enough. Why would I need to go fast? If you want to go fast, sure. But you don't need to go fast. Most people who are going fast, they feel a deficit in one of these three areas. And they think if they can just go fast enough, it'll finally make them feel full. And it never does. In finance, they call it the empty ghost. No matter how many times you get the next level, it never feels like it's enough. And so it's getting to that position where you feel like I am enough, I have enough, I'm loved enough, and all of a sudden you can slow down and actually enjoy the process. That doesn't mean you stop growing. Of course you keep growing. You just enjoy the growth. You enjoy every step of it, every breath of it, every sight of it, every sound of it, every moment of it. Instead of the illusion that, oh yeah, as soon as I get to that next level, then I'm going to enjoy it. Then it'll be fun. Then it'll be enjoyable. Never happens. 
Yeah, for sure. Now you talk a lot about living your ideal day. And I think there's a concept that goes very much hand in hand with that because not like, okay, live your like perfect 10 years from now, but like bring that into today and how we can actually optimize our life for fulfillment and joy and happiness. So how can people, you know, what kind of questions can people ask themselves um, to really start living the ideal days? Great question. So I think the number one thing that prevents people from living their ideal day right now is fear. And fear lives in three places. Fear lives in the mind, fear lives in the emotions, and fear lives in the body. And so if you were going to think about how we conquer that, number one, we got to get fear out of the body first. People like to start in the mind. But let's say you were walking down the road, and all of a sudden you felt something warm breathe on the back of your neck, and then you heard a deep like bear growl, like you would feel, how do you think you'd feel? Oh, afraid of death. <laughs> You'd be scared. You'd go, oh, yeah. oh shit, something <laughs> huge is about to eat me. Yeah. <laughs> now, in that moment, it's called fight or flight. Now, in fight or flight, what do we try to do? Well, most people will say, I'm confident, I'm strong, I'm happy, and gosh darn it, people like me. <laughs> that, that's, not gonna, that's positive talk and positive thinking. That's not going to work if you have a bear about to eat you. He doesn't care how positive you are. He's going to rip your head off. And so what happens is in order to function, you need to get the fear out of the body. Now, as an animal body, we act very much like all the other animals out there when scared. You know, if you've ever watched a deer eating some grass, just like, and all of a sudden, someone steps on a twig and it hears the sound and it goes, <gasps> meaning it comes upright, it gets very still, and it looks right where the twig snapped and it stares. And what happened was the body entered fight or flight, meaning it goes, <gasps> and it's looking. Do I need to fight like hell or do I need to run like hell right now? The muscles tighten, the eyes get clear. You know, the eyes focus, the, the body burns down sugar better, so it has more fuel to move. It is ready to go. Now, within a few moments, if it sees you and you're not a threat, then it goes, ah, and it goes right back down to the eating. Now, as humans, you know, if we think about this, our body does that automatically. A lot of us right now have already activated that. We've been scared by the news, the media, our friends, our family, Someone texted us an article, we read it, and our body went, <gasps> and we're frozen right now in fear. We're freaked out. We don't know what to do right now. We're quarantined in our house. We're scared we're going to get the virus. Freaking out. And so what happens is the first thing you got to do is you got to get fear out of your body. And so what do I mean by that? There's two ways you can get fear out of the body. One is through breathing. You need to reset your nervous system. And you can try this right now with me. If you take a slow, deep breath in through your nose, at the very top, a little bit more, and then you're going to hold it, and you're going to squeeze. Squeeze your face, squeeze your neck, squeeze your shoulders. You're going to squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. Keep holding, keep holding, holding. Five, four, three, two, one, and then you're going to drop all of it out like this. Do it again. A little more at the top. Squeeze. Five, four, three, two, one, all the way out. One more time. Squeeze. All the way out. <laughs> How do you feel? Oh, very relaxed. 
So that's resetting the vagus nerve, which is the nerve that connects your peripheral nervous system. So you just reset your whole peripheral nervous system. That's one way you can drop immediately out of fight or flight. Three reset breaths. Another way, go take a three-minute ice-cold shower. If you have running thoughts, running emotions, you're like, I don't know, get in the shower. Three-minute ice-cold. Cold as it goes, three minutes. It will knock the fear right out of oh, you, yeah. knock the thought out of you, knock the breath out of you. My God, it'll knock everything out of you. Yeah. <laughs> and you will come out feeling like a new human with totally clear mind, calm and present. So there's two ways you can get the fear out of your body. What about the fear out of your emotions? Well, whatever you focus on, you feel. You know, if you focus on going to the zoo, some people get excited, some people get nervous, depends on how much they like animals. If you focus on what it smells like around cows, you get a different sensory experience compared to if you focus on going over to your aunt or grandma's house and then baking an amazing cookie that smells very differently than the zoo and certainly differently than the cows. Now, if you look around in your life, what's changed in the last 30 seconds? Nothing. But did you just smell or feel three different reactions? Yes. How? I got your brain to focus on it and your body started to re-experience it. So whatever you focus on, you feel. If you think about the first time you fell in love, that feels very differently than the last time someone broke your heart. Those are very different moments. And you feel them instantaneously just by thinking about them. If you think about the person you have a crush on, and imagine them saying, oh my gosh, I love you too. That feels very differently than just staring at them from afar. You know? And, and so what you focus on determines what you feel. You can change what you focus on instantly by the questions you ask. One thing you might want to do in a time like this is train yourself to ask quality questions. Where's the miracle in this moment? Where's the blessing in this moment? Where's the opportunity in this moment? You know? How can I take advantage of this opportunity and give even more to the people who need it most right now? Asking powerful questions changes your focus. Changing your focus all of a sudden changes how you feel. Final piece, fear in the mind. Now, this is where we come back to that self-talk. We come back to that inner dialogue. I have a client of mine who used to train the snipers for the Navy SEALs. Very elite group. Positive inner dialogue makes a massive difference. If these guys are walking up to the range going, I think I'm going to miss, I think I'm going to miss, I think I'm going to miss, there's a good chance they're going to miss. You know? And if they walk up saying, hey, I know what to do, breathe, focus, get it done, there's a better chance they're going to make it. You know, with time, practice, and positive self-talk, all of a sudden, they become pros. And so it's that combination. Once we can get fear out of the body, out of the mind, and out of the emotions, now we can say, ah, I'm not coming from a place of fear, coming from a, a really strong and powerful place. Now we can say, hey, let's paint a future that's worth living. Let's come up with the type of life that we would love and be honored and humbled and excited to make happen every day. And now that's where you start designing your ideal day. You start mapping out a vision. You start mapping out a future where you go, wow, I can live like that. That would be my life. How cool. I'm living fully, loving deeply, doing something that matters every day. How cool. 
and you got to map out a life from first thing in the morning to last thing at night. How would you want to live your life? Who would you want to be around? How would you want to feel? What kind of things would you want to work on? What would be possible in this day? And as you start to map out all the details, all of a sudden it gets to a place where you're like, yes, this is the kind of day-to-day life I want to be living. And that becomes your ideal day vision. Wow. I absolutely love that. There's, there's so much great stuff in there. You know, the, what are you talking about? Especially about mastering the body is so important. I've realized. And you know, you mentioned cold showers, right? And I, I, I recently managed actually about two weeks ago. So to, to break like the handle of my shower. So now it can only do cold showers all day long. Right. And it's amazing because now like two, three times a day, I get this complete reset of my body. And it just absolutely, like you said, it absolutely transforms how you feel. It kills any kind of negative thinking, negative emotion, and you just feel amazing again. And so, so it's that process, like, like from what I'm getting here, it's like you first have to get rid of the negative, create the positive in order to be able to, to create that vision for yourself then. Is that what I'm getting here? So it's hard to replace something that's already full. If you think of meditation, you know, if, if I took a soda can and it was full, it's kind of hard to put something else in it. But if I took it and I emptied it and then, you know, when it's empty, it's easily crushed. Like a small child could crush the can when it's empty. So we empty it out. Then we fill it up with what we want in it. And then once it's full, we pressure seal it. Now it's very difficult for anything to crush that can. And so for most of us, the way we do this is, we have our thoughts and feelings and emotions from yesterday left over in our mind and body. We show up to the day with, you know, I don't know if you've ever accidentally done this. You ever have like day old warm soda? Oh yeah. Where it's like something <laughs> left in a can, you pick it up, drink it. Like, oh, yeah. What the hell is that? That's how most of us start the day. Cause we have the thoughts and emotions and feelings from yesterday, just kind of sitting in the bottom of the can of our, our mind and body. And then we got this day old warm soda that we start our day with, which is pretty disgusting. So we train people to go meditate and say, Hey, dump out what's in there, get rid of it, meditate, clear it out, take a cold shower, meditate, do the reset breathing, clear out everything that's left over. And then once it's empty, clean it out. Say, okay, what do I want to fill this up with? What are the thoughts, emotions, feelings? What's the vision I want to experience? What's the affirmations and goals? I always tell people to create a North Star vision, which is your 20-year vision for your life, and speak it aloud 20 years from now. I'm so grateful my health and fitness is stronger than ever before. So grateful that emotionally I'm passionate about my life, living on mission and enjoying every moment life has to offer. So grateful we're passionately in love and our love and passion for it grows daily. When we're together, anything's possible. You start speaking aloud this vision of where you will be and filling up that can so it becomes full with what you want in life. Then you need something like a workout to energize your body and pressure seal that kind of force field energy. So when you walk out into the world, as life puts pressure on you, you almost feel like you just go and push back because you have this natural live energy and power from inside of you that's been awoken and it's ignited and it's ready to go. And as you do that every morning, you become almost bulletproof or unshakable. You can take on the stresses of life because you mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually prepared yourself to do so. Now in doing that, now you're pressure sealed and ready to take on the world and you're able to share that confidence and certainty with other people around you. Without that, if you got day-old warm soda, which is disgusting left over in your nervous system and mind, all it takes is one bad thing to happen 
and it crushes you for the whole day mentally, emotionally, and sometimes physically. And so we need to prepare yourself every single day by doing these actions and getting yourself ready to take on the chaos of the day. You have that kind of vision that's part of the process of filling up. Wow, this is literally the best metaphor I've ever heard for, for really having an empowering morning routine. I think that's so critical. It's absolutely changed my life personally. And so I, I love what you're saying here about really filling up the can in a positive way so that then throughout the day, we're able to just give it our best rather than just reacting, rather than responding, rather than you know, being subject to whatever the world is throwing at us. So I absolutely love that. So what goes hand in hand with this is, is the learn it, uh, live it, give it concept that you talk about, right? Especially this live it part. Um, so what is the challenge for most people and, you know, actually living the stuff that they know they should be doing? Sure. Um, so most of the time, it's not a knowledge gap that people struggle with. It's an application gap. Okay. So if we think of this decisions and destiny, destiny is where we're headed. So if we say this is your destiny, right? So we're headed somewhere over here. Now there's a few different destinations or destinies we can land up at. You know, if, if we learn things and we don't apply it, so we just gather knowledge, we know what to do up here. And if you take that knowledge and you do nothing with it over time, your life and results just get worse. And we call this doing nothing. <laughs> you end up getting whatever job they give you. You land up in a relationship based on whoever happens to be in a relationship with you. You're not really healthy. You're not really unhealthy. Eventually that gets worse and you get sick and tired and old and die. Like that's not really good. Um, there's this other destination you can go to where it's like you work and work and work and work and work. It's kind of like right here. And this is called doing some things. Some things. This is where you're like, oh yeah, I'll try that. Or I, I, you know, every now and then I meditate or every now and then I work out. You do some things, you're going to get better results than nothing, but you're nowhere near what's possible. So, okay, what's next? Well, there's this other line right here. This little destination. This one's called doing the right things. Now, for most people, that's a good life. They did the right things. It's, you know, it's a lot better than doing nothing. It's way better than doing just some things. But it's not really the full capacity of what's possible, which is way up here. It's just a good life. You're doing some things or you're doing the right things. Now, most people try to figure out, okay, how in the world do I go here? Now, if you think about this, you know, this is like the 99 or, or I mean, to be really honest, these two groups down here that do something and do nothing is like the mass majority of people, right? Yeah. This is the mass majority of people not going to turn out very well. That's okay. It's okay. It's surviving. This is probably like, I don't know, maybe the top five to 10% of people 
Like these people are doing the right things. They've got their morning routine. They've got affirmations. They've got a vision. They've got goals. Five the top, top five or 10% of people in the world. They might make, if they work real hard, they might make $100,000 a year, which is really good. You know, they're not struggling. Doing good. Top five or 10, five, 10% of the world. This is like the one to 0.001% of humans. How the heck do you get there? This is where you have to do all the right things. You do all the right things, you get results that most people dream about and very, very, very few people ever achieve. And so when we think about this stuff, you're talking about it, having an amazing morning routine, the ability to take care of your mind, body, emotions, doing the breath work, doing the meditation, doing the cold showers. As you start to stack all these things together, the difference between you know, horrible results and good results is all that stuff we're talking about. Then we got to figure out, you know, what are all the right things that go from good results to amazing dreams and goals that people just go, is that even possible? And I'll tell you the truth. I know people who achieve at all those levels. They're all wonderful people. It doesn't make them any better or worse of a human. They're all great people. But the people who achieve results far beyond the others, they're not any smarter than you and I. It's not like they have some magic superpower. They're just the people who know what to do and consistently apply it every day. They don't miss. They have someone who holds them accountable. They have groups and communities they're a part of that raise the bar that you have to keep doing it if you're going to stay part of the group. They have accountability. They have support systems. P.S. Harvard University says, what will determine how long you live, how happy you are, and how much you make is your peer group, people you spend time with. They have powerful peer groups, the people who achieve at that high level. They have coaches or support, people who look over them and give them an outside opinion to help keep them on track and help keep them moving forward. And so what does it really take? Going back to that picture, you got to train yourself to do all the right things if you want those kind of results. Yeah, for sure. And to me, it also goes back to this intention that we talked about earlier, right? It's like, you have to be very intentional in order to do all these right things, right? In order to first get clear on like, what is that ideal vision, that ideal future, whether it's 20 years from now or for today? And then what are the steps I need to take? And it, it takes that attention and that self-awareness to figure out what do I need to do on a daily basis to actually get there, right? That's right. I'll give you another example. If we look at this and we were to draw this little graph here. Again, if we were to say, you know, this is the 99% of results people want to achieve in life. This is where most people land up. But most of us, if you think of the average human, how healthy are most people in the world right now? <laughs> Getting by. <laughs> eh, not that healthy. How, how, um, you know, how happy are most people in the world right now? The majority of people in the world. If we gave them a happy zero to 10 scale, 10 is like unbelievably happy. Zero is like, ah. how happy are most people in the world right now? I'd give them two. <laughs> two. Um, relationships, at least they're like deeply, madly, passionately in love with each other, right? Uh. <laughs> no. No. I mean, well, shit, at least they have a ton of money. Like all the, people, <laughs> the majority of people on earth just have more money than they could ever spend, right? <laughs> 
No. Not quite. <laughs> so they're not happy. They're not healthy. They don't have great relationships. They don't have a lot of, what the heck are most people yeah. doing? So that's not where most people want to land up. So most people, when we think of our goals and dreams, you know, we say the 1%, the top of the world, the best that's out there. Well, that's exciting. But the 1% makes, I don't know, like 400,000 a year. They have a, a pretty good relationship. They're kind of healthy, right? That's the 1%. Live in a normal house, normal neighborhood. But we think of that as like the elite, the most amazing humans in the world. And we're like, nah, it's just kind of pretty good. It doesn't sound that inspiring. <laughs> doesn't sound that, when you look at the real stats, it's like, oh, that's not what I was thinking of. <laughs> what most people think of when they think of their dreams and goals and desires is the 0.001%. This is jets and Bentleys and building schools in foreign countries and giving you know, just giving and having this loving, passionate relationship and having this amazing health and fitness and this incredible spiritual guidance. That's a very, very small amount of people. And so what's interesting is if we look at these three paths, it makes sense that, you know, if, if you pay attention to this, they're very different. But the challenge most people have is they have the dream of going here, this 0.001%, but they have the habits of the 99%. Yes. And if one thing I can tell you with total certainty, these habits will never, ever, ever take you to those places. They don't add up. So therefore we have to ask if you want to get here, or here, what are the habits that you need to do every day in order to get there? Right? That's a big question. I could tell you some of them meditate for at least 10 minutes a day, sleep seven and a half to eight hours a night, find something to look forward to in the future, do a random act of kindness and do at least 30 minutes of exercise daily. If you do these things, these are scientifically proven to help you improve your overall happiness and satisfaction with life based on research. Like, well, that's pretty cool, right? Sure. And so you ask about the habits that can get you those 0.0, you know, or 1% results or 0.001% results. And the question is, sometimes when I say those numbers, they're like, I don't, the 1%, those are greedy people who are just after money. And I said, well, wait a minute. Do you want to be the 1% of people who experiences more love than anyone else around you? Do you want to be the 1% of people who's able to give more than anyone else in your community? The 1% of givers, the 1% of lovers. Do you want to be the 1% of people who's happier than the 1% of the happiest people in your community you live in, you know? And when I say it that way, people go, yeah, I want to be the 1% of happiest people in my community. I want to be the 1% of people who give more than anyone else in my community to the causes I care about. I want to be the 1% of people who have more love in their life than anyone else around me. No shit. I'd love to do that. Like, okay, great. Then you're going to need habits that actually get you there. 
Yeah, Does that make sense? I, for sure. What I love about it, it starts with happiness, right? It says right there, happiness, habits. So it starts with, with this internal game of finding that joy, finding that, that beauty in the world and in ourselves first. And that's what allows us to become productive, right? Totally. Well, that's one set of habits. Those habits are scientifically proven to improve your overall happiness in life. There's science behind it. There's proof. There's research that shows this is what to do. So the fun part is I can teach you how to learn all the things you need to do. But the most important thing is actually getting you to live it, getting you to actually apply all these things consistently to get the results you really want. Love that. Where can people connect with you online? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Jerk Robbins. Uh, if you're a small business owner, you can go to jerkrobbins.com forward slash SOS. We have a, a 90 minute free training we run every Friday to help small business owners survive this chaos. Um, if you're looking to become a coach, you can go to performancecoachuniversity.com. If you're looking to hire a coach, you can go to jerkrobbins.com and click coaching. So lots of resources out there. If, if you like YouTube, um, you, you can go to jrctv.com, check out our YouTube channel. Lots of great like, videos, by the way. Yeah. If you like podcasts, you can just Google my name in the podcast section. You'll see tons of podcasts run with all different topics. Awesome. Now, final question. What does it mean for you to max out your life? Um, so it, it's learning how to enjoy every breath, every heartbeat, every sight, every sound, and every precious moment. And to be able to do that fully. I think is one of the most thing, most precious things you could do in the world. All right, guys, that's it for today. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you gained some valuable ideas, tips, tools, tricks, mindsets, belief systems that hopefully inspire you to take your life to the next level. At the end of the day, guys, it's all about application. The only thing that's going to set you apart tomorrow from where you are today is how much action you take with those ideas that you gain. And so I really want to challenge you at this point to, you know, not just listen to this passively, to not just consume this, you know, passively, just thinking about other things, but to really take those lessons, take those ideas that you just gained and start applying them to your life. To really start taking action and sprinting towards those goals and those dreams that you have in your life. Now, guys, at this point, I want to ask you for a huge favor. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider heading over to iTunes and leaving a review as that helps me really grow the show and reach more people, impact even more people around the world. You know, if you have a family member, friend, a loved one maybe, that you think could benefit from this content, please consider, you know, sharing it with them, forwarding to them, as that helps us really build a community of like-minded people that are all about maxing out their lives. Now, guys, with that being said, thanks so much for tuning in today. I really, really appreciate it. Stay strong and see you tomorrow.